You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and I've dedicated my life to sharing stories of how people make meaning in their work and find purpose in their lives. On this podcast, we're going to talk about some of the great ideas and activities people do every day to make the world a better place and provide inspiration for others. So much of the meaning we find comes from interacting with great people, developing relationships that are mutually beneficial, and doing work that inspires everyone. I hope you'll be inspired by the people you meet here. We all need to find a way to make meaning in the mundane. Welcome back to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and this week I have the delight of speaking with Lindsay Edmonds, who's the owner of Downtown Bay City's popular gathering places, Harless and Hugh Coffee, and the Public House. As a barista and bartender, Lindsay loves creating places where people connect with one another. There is a special place in her heart for creating what she calls third spaces for the community to gather over a great cup of coffee, a meal, or a cocktail often locally sourced. The care put into such craftsmanship can be seen in her handmade artisan details at Public House and also in the quality coffee at Harless and Hugh. A graduate of Essexville Hampton Garber High School, Edmonds relocated back to Bay City in 2012 and has been building her businesses and brand ever since. She is inspired by craftsmanship in all forms and travels abroad, including explorations in China, Nepal, Thailand, Jordan, and Israel after college. And she has also taught English in Italy. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast, Lindsay. Thank you so much. What an illustrious bio you have. You have been all over the world, literally. Well, yeah, before businesses opened, yes, I spent a lot of time traveling, for sure. So maybe we should start there. And I'd love to hear a little bit about what led you to travel and the destinations you chose and how that might have inspired your career choice. Yeah, absolutely. I was, um, so I did my undergrad in Miami. And a girlfriend of mine, we decided her brother was living in China, that we were going to sell everything we owned um, (laughs) down to our cars, our bikes, everything, and just pack everything up in a backpack and backpack uh, Southeast Asia for four months. So that's what we did. So we started in China. We just had a one-way ticket and then um, had a couple of our visas to the certain places we wanted to go Mm -hmm. and just kind of let the world and friendships and conversations take us through that part of the world. I'm really into um, Eastern medicine and religions, just really curious because some of them are just so bizarre and so crazy. Yeah. So I really wanted to immerse myself in that culture for a while. Wow. Yeah. So that was, yeah, it was a huge, it was a huge shifting point in my life for sure. Just getting out of American culture yeah. and being in some third world countries. And I think it makes you more grateful for sure just gives you a different perspective which i think is super important before anyone opens a business i totally agree you know i i've traveled the world um both when i was younger and single and then even recently um as part of my marketing and um business communications business your people i've gone with clients to bali and india um all over the us to do blogging and photography and help them with their business messaging for different aspects of their business and um the more i travel it to, another, to other countries and even to other states, the more I find mm-hmm. similarities between people and connection points. And, you know, I, I was at um, the Golden Temple in Amritsar, India, which is the Sikh holy spot. And 
I'm not Sikh, but I found it so moving and so inspiring that, you know, it built a bridge between me and a whole group of people I didn't even know, which is so powerful. Yeah, that's so true. I think, especially once you travel, you start seeing like, we're really not different at all. No matter what <laughs> your core beliefs are, where you came from, right. it doesn't even matter. It's just you connect on just a very basic human level that the word just also similar in our cultures. They are very different, but there's a lot of similarities Absolutely. for a lot of things. And that's really refreshing to see. I- yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then along those same lines, you said um, in your pre-interview that you specialize in giving people spaces to be themselves. And so mm-hmm. I imagine that also happens when you travel, you know, when you're away from everything, you know, you kind of have to get close with who you are. You can't avoid it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So um, yeah. what does that look like here as you're building your business, you know, giving people spaces to be themselves? H- how do you do that? And h- how does that happen? You know, I think that it's an interesting question. Um, I think it honestly really started with my parents and grandparents. They always, I mean, just allowed us as kids, just my mom is a designer by trade and like our home, not that it was anything magnificent or anything like that, but conversations we would have as kids around the dinner table or at breakfast or out in the yard. It was just this just very comforting space that sometimes you can't even describe Uh what it looks like, Uh but it it can only be felt, I feel like by the soul. So that started, I think is my, for in my childhood. And, um, she is, my parents are such a huge influence on what I do today and just really letting people be themselves and express themselves. Uh Um, so if that's mainly, I think it's mostly done by conversation and just being really open and listening, I think, to the community and what they want and what they need. And typically, I feel that often happens over coffee or cocktails or food because retail, typically that transaction is so quick yes. and it's just like a purchase and you're in and out of the store. Maybe yeah. a grocery store or a market, you might see that, but yeah. um that's something I really loved in other cultures. I mean, just these community spots where you would just have all these nationalities of travelers. I'm sure you've experienced this as well in cafes or hookah bars or restaurants. And it's just like, it can only be felt. And I think you, you just really try and emulate that by whether it's like lighting or temperature. Um, but mainly, like I said, by conversation and just listening. Yeah. No, listening is so important. I think if we are ready with our next sentence or quip when somebody is talking, we're not really listening to what they're saying. And, you know, that Mm -hmm. active listening, really saying, I see you, I hear you, you matter is Mm -hmm. so important, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I've read so many of uh, Simon Sinek's leadership books. Oh, yeah. Start with bartenders and hospitality people. And they all say, I mean, like before you even talk, just sit and listen to your staff, listen to what they have to say, listen to your customer. And there's so much more insight than filling the space by your own voice, for sure. Yeah, it's really awesome when you can just let the silence be there and see what unfolds. It it surprises me every time, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people have just said, like, just ask a lot of questions. Just keep asking questions until (laughs) you find what you're looking for and be set, like, put the power in their hands to find what you're looking for. Yeah, totally. So tell me about this concept of third space places. What do you mean by that? So when I opened the coffee shop, um, there's a really influential guy named Alan Lefebvre. He started the Hell's Half Mile Film Festival here in Bay City, mm-hmm. which is such a huge part of our community and people coming from out of state and really seeing how great Bay City is. Mm-hmm. Came in and it was the first book I've ever received. And I always keep a list of books that people have given me through the years because I just think it's 
such a powerful gift. Wait, that's wait, wait, we have to stop there for a minute because that I was going to say, let's stop at that for a minute because that's a really cool concept. So you keep a list of the books that people give you as gifts. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, 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 I received like Howard Schultz and some of Simon, Simon Sinek's books and uh-huh. cookbooks or bartending books. Um, oh my yeah. gosh, the list goes out. There's probably like 50 books I've received in the last seven years. So now, and the this, very first one I got. Uh huh. Go ahead. What's that? I was going to say on this list, uh, do you have the person who gave you the gift as well? So you know who, who yeah, brought you this inspiration? Yeah, yeah. That is so cool. I love that. Yeah, which is really, <laughs> I'm a big journaler or like on my birthday, I'll write like, you know, highlights of the past year, you know, hurdles I went through or what I did on my birthday, just because I feel like life passes yes. so unconsciously that it's like, I want to be able to look back at this and know like, what did I do last year? Yeah. Or what was I doing on my birthday? Or yeah, and books are a huge, I love books. Me too. Like I don't, I might read a third of it, but uh-huh. I have a lot of them. So are they in every so anyway, room, every room of your house? What's that? Do you have books everywhere? Um, yeah, kind of. I mean, I have a bookshelf in my office and they're like stacked around my bed. Yeah, uh-huh. kind yeah. of. Yeah. And I love the Wall Street Journal. I love the newspaper. Like I oh. love old print. Yeah. I love it. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Yay. So that was a, a huge <laughs> gift my mom got me this year for Christmas was a Wall Street Journal. And I feel like the newspaper is so, especially on like a Saturday or Sunday morning, it's just like this is really indulgent thing yes. to sit down and read the newspaper. Like, Oh yeah, but I have time to read the newspaper. I mean, you should have time, but I know. I don't know. I just feel like it's so cool. You open your front door, and the Wall Street Journal is sitting in this little plastic bag outside your front door. <laughs> it's like my it's favorite like, moment of the entire week. It's like waiting for you, you know. And then you just sit there, and the lights yeah. coming in the window, and you have that coffee, which tastes the same every day, but it's better somehow that day. Yeah. And you know, yeah. like, and it, yeah, you, it's so you know, true. it's indulgent, but it's grounding. I mean, I, you know, yeah. it's, it's funny because I, I have four kids, and so there are a lot of days that you know we get up and everyone's just going because they have to make it to school and make lunches. And whatever. And, um, and it's just a faster pace. And so there are days that, you know, I love to swim in the morning, but I don't love to start my mornings too early. So it often doesn't happen mm-hmm. because I love when you can just start that day and linger in it and just, you know, appreciate those moments before it gets going at a fast pace. You know what I mean? And the newspaper helps yeah. you with that. For sure. I agree. I mean, I often feel, you know, like super guilty and I'm trying to get over that, but <laughs> I'm not, I wish I was a morning person. I'm not really much. I like slow more. I like to wake up in the mornings and then have like hours to myself. So I give you a lot of credit for four kids and you <laughs> still find that time in the morning. That's pretty amazing. Well, wait, I have to just pat to death to have children that they will like encroach on my morning time, even though I love kids. No, I love my kids, but they really do encroach on your morning time and I and on the rest of your time. And I will say my oldest, who's looking down the road at college in like a year and a half, and he often says, you know, what are you guys going to do when I'm gone? And I'm like, I have a list. It's going to be, it's going to be great. You know, like I love Don't you, worry, but honey. it's good, you know? Yeah, um, for so sure. wait, oh, it just cute. occurred to me, you have a coffee mm-hmm. shop, which would be an early morning business and you have a bar, which is a late night business. Like, what were you thinking? You know, I wasn't thinking, and a lot of people have asked me that. I'm like, oh my God, I never ironically even thought about the hours. It was just like, I want to open a cocktail bar, and this is needed in this community, and oh my gosh, this would be so great, and just did it, and now I'm like, oh man, but I have a really, really, really amazing team around me that I do a lot of stuff, sadly, behind the scenes. I'm not in them as much as I would love to be, Okay. so it's not like I'm up at 
you know, six in the morning and going to bed at one at night. Right. Uh, by well, that's any good. That, yeah, that's not my life. But good. yeah, it does, there are days where it's like, oh gosh, you know, your phone's ringing at seven with like a broken espresso machine and, you know, the health department's working, walking in at like eight o'clock at oh, night. Oh no. For sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, but so I, I didn't think about the hours, but so, I, I love that all bases are covered for yes. beverage in our community to get coffee in the morning. <laughs> night. You're just, it's a yeah. watering hall, no matter when it, yeah. you're going to get something to drink. It's good. Not in a monopoly. <laughs> so wait, let's yeah, get back to the third sure. space places. So tell me about that. You were talking about the Bay City Film Festival and this concept of third space places. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So Alan gave me this book and I, I think the name of it is The Economy economics of place. Okay. And it just talks about communities. You know, I opened this coffee shop because I just thought it would be amazing for a community and just love the culture of coffee, who it brings together and that whole concept. So he gave me this book and I was reading through it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is everything I wanted in this book without actually knowing it. So it talks about the space the areas in which people spend between home and work. Hmm. So uh, and I think this even rings true now, probably in this upcoming generation where there's less people working in offices, they're working remotely from their computers. So this is even like a more important concept, but it's really outside of work. Like where do people go when they're not working and they're not at home and how do you create those spaces to have them come back. And I love it from a perspective of, I just love regulars in the community, like a very cheers yeah. episode yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. Rather, I mean, regulars really do drive your business and they are such a huge part, you know, of our profit and loss statements, but more so than that, it's the relationships that we've just created with these people in the community. You know, they have kids and they get married and you're just, it's just this amazing thing, this yeah. amazing concept to be yeah. a part of. That's very cool. So having not been to Bay City recently, I would love it if you could explain for our listeners, you know, what they would find at either of your places. You know, how do you cultivate that sense of a third place where they feel like they belong? Like what, what would we find when we walk into one of your places? Um, typically I think that really starts, like I said, with conversation. So it starts like in our hiring practices of hiring people with the personality, and even if they don't have the personality, with the comfort of learning how to talk to a stranger, how to properly welcome someone when they walk in the door and have it be really genuine and love that. Because if you don't love people, Uh one of our businesses is not probably the perfect spot for you. Um, So it really starts in the hiring practices. So, I mean, when you walk in the door, it's just, I, I mean, there's nothing like really amazing about the concept, but it's just being greeted when you walked in, being, you know, really genuine at the counter. How's your day? What's going on today? Um, And just corralling that person into like trying to have some sort of conversation with you. And it doesn't happen every time, you know, there's some people that want to come in and get their cup of coffee and go and work, but it's really about just providing awesome customer service. And then from that point, you know, whatever they believe, if, you know, they're Republican, Democrat, independent, gay, straight, whatever, you, there's just a space for them. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what they look like or act like, or, you know, it's, it's just vibing with all of them. Very cool. That's so nice. You know, I, I I swim at a local Y and it's kind of a dump, I will say. Um, but the customer service is, (laughs) I mean, I have to say it's just like filthy, but, but the customer service is phenomenal. Um, I don't think the pool is filthy. Otherwise I couldn't swim in it, but, um, I mean, I walk in and I'm greeted with a smile and a welcome. And then when I get out of the pool and I can tell you that the lifeguards probably don't remember me because there are people who swim every day and they're like, you know them, but I'm so erratic with my timing and every single time they'll yell across the pool, 
have a great day. And I'm like, oh, isn't that nice? You know, it's like, it's like, wow, somebody noticed me, (laughs) you know, yeah, that little memento of like, yeah, I was noticed today. I mean, you never know what somebody is going through. Like life is hard. Right. Right. These places are not you know, it's not like we're doing like rocket science over here. So it's like, just be nice to people. Just be kind. Yes. You know, it's not our, it's not our job to judge. And like you said, make them feel noticed. Yeah. So if it's remembering their name or remembering their drink or, you know, what temperature they like their coffee or how they like their cocktail, do it that way every yeah. single time. Yeah. No, I and make love them it. feel special. I love it. I love it. So um, yeah. I have a couple more questions before we finish our conversation. But one thing that you mentioned in your pre-interview was that um, we all just want to belong. And I couldn't agree with that more. And I'm wondering what you think about this concept that so many people today really don't feel like they fit anywhere. And I'm wondering how we can overcome that and just create a more welcoming vibe or a true welcoming for people. Because I, I think more and more people feel like they don't fit anywhere. So what do we do about mm-hmm. that? You know, I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Gosh, um, man, that is such a massive question. <laughs> um, you know, I do think I, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, and to be honest with you, I feel I, I really am starting to align with I feel like social media is causing so many problems in oh, comparison yeah. and everybody knows this and it's so hard to turn away from Instagram and Facebook, yes. you know, because you, there is so much inspiration yeah. to be found in these places too. Right. And I feel like it's this mental, it's this mental shift or perception that almost needs to happen within each of us because it's, it's not that we don't belong. It's that I, I feel like we're, we're putting ourselves in boxes or we're like, Oh, you know, this person's in, uh, Laos, you know, for the next four months taking photos, working on their photography business. And, you know, how do I get there? I'll never get there. And I don't belong in the artistic community. And it's just like this negative yeah. thought pattern where yeah. you're not present in the present moment and you just like ruminate and run with these crazy ideas. In right, your mind. right. And I do feel like it starts, it starts within each individual person to, to I don't think they have to find a place. I think mm-hmm. they just, it's just starting to be, quiet with yourself and you know whether that's like meditating or praying or just really like enjoy that first sip of coffee just be present for little moments throughout the day right and stop looking so outward yeah Um, yeah you got a really good point about social media because it like people are curating their lives you know like uh this pose better represents me but not this one and um, right. I see it with my kids, you know, they're teenagers and my girls will go out on, on the balcony, um, at our house and they'll just like pose and, you know, and I'm like, what is going on here? You know, I mean, <laughs> Where does that come from? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, luckily I grew up at a time way before social media. And so, um, mm-hmm. there was time to just be, not that it was always ideal, but it feels like it was when I look back, you know, it's just, yeah. um, just being, and actually seeing people face to face, which your businesses are such a, you know, big proponent of. I mean, that's how they exist mm-hmm. is bringing people into a shared space, you know, and mm-hmm. I feel like when you, when, when you share a drink with someone or you break bread with them or, you know, whatever it is, you can't, you can't hate them and you can't feel alone. You just can't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When you have a personal, you know, real life experience, you can't disregard that. But 
yeah, people do belong and they know they belong. And I think it's just, I think it lies within in our perception in our own minds of, you know, coming up with ideas that we don't belong to certain groups or communities. I mean, I will say politics more so than ever, as we all know, are just insane in the world. You know, everything is just at our fingertips. I mean, every single thing we want to know down to like the stupid president's weight, you know, just crazy (laughs) amounts of knowledge we can just learn. And so it's, it's almost too much at our fingertips. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's just quieting down for sure. Yeah. So before we finish, I wanted to mention one other thing um, that you had said in your pre-interview that I thought was so powerful. And you said, um, you know, to find purpose, we have to stop searching for it and just live in the present. And I love that concept um, because so many people are like, what am I supposed to do? What's my path in life? And they're trying so hard to find it. And what you're saying is so simple, you know, just be where you are and and let it come to you, I guess. And I I wonder Mm -hmm. if if you had an experience with this or something that sort of inspired you that this is the way to go. You know, I mean, I definitely think that traveling abroad, for sure, like this very Eastern meditative culture has had a huge, profound effect on me. Um, Another book I was given, Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth, which is goes very similar to this question is awakening to your life's purpose. And he always talks about, um, you know, your true or primary purpose can't be found on the outer level. Uh It's only, you know, your state of consciousness. Right. So basically talking about it doesn't concern what you do, you know, from day to day. So I own businesses. It doesn't concern that. It concerns what you are. So Uh everything on the inside. So really being quiet, like I said, and aligning your insides with what you do on the outsides, because your outside is always going to change all the time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And sometimes it would, driving the world no longer drives you. You know, there's just these crazy ideas of success and what success looks like to the world is not what success looks like uh, really on your true purpose inside. Yeah. Yeah. So Eckhart Tolle, I think has been just a huge, huge impact for me as well as far as purpose, because you can get just like, you know, the concept of like, I don't belong here. I think you can get wrapped up in I, what is my purpose? I don't, you know, I don't know (laughs) what it is. And people just make it so complex. And then don't do anything and then they're just unhappy all the time yeah. because they look at everyone else. Right, right. Instead of looking inward yeah. where the answers lie. So right. that's really yeah. powerful. It's like so simple in its power. Mm-hmm. I just love it. Yeah. Well, Lindsay Edmonds, sure. it has been such a pleasure to speak with you and I hope that I will get up to Bay City sometime soon and get to uh, sample a cocktail and actually meet you in person. Yeah. Um, but thank so you. Too. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your journey on the Make Meaning podcast. I, I really appreciate Uh, you being here and inspiring our listeners. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and I've really enjoyed being here with you today. You can find the Make Meaning Podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And I'd love it if you'd share our great conversations with all your people so we can add meaning wherever we go and whatever we do.